as some of you can tell, this podcast is is going to be a little bit different today. <laughs> um, I know that some of you listening to this podcast are, are new to our podcast, so I hope you enjoy what you hear and uh, subscribe to it and, and continue to listen to our other podcasts. But if you've listened to us in the past, you know that I am a K-State fan through and through and uh, just love following Kansas State University sports. When it comes to K-State, there's a few athletes that, that when I think of them, it just makes me smile. And yesterday, I had the opportunity to play golf and hang out with one of those athletes. I want to thank Steve Wilson, the, the athletic director at Kansas Wesleyan, first off, for uh, allowing this to happen and helping helping this, this situation come about. And I also want to thank uh, good friend Jeremy that... Uh, indulged us and went along with the trip and and uh i know he he feels the same way about about how yesterday went as i do but for the most part i want to thank the gentleman who's the uh, subject of this podcast if you're a k-state fan um especially uh followed college football in the late 90s this gentleman needs no introduction at all um as as i think about that time in my life and, uh, you know, not a lot of responsibilities, just having a good time with some good friends. K-State football in the late 90s uh, was definitely the center of a lot of those memories. Man, just thinking about that 98 Nebraska game, trips to bowl games that we had back then, everything else that went along with it just makes you smile when you think about that. Just last night, after we recorded this podcast, I went over to a friend's house and uh, we watched part of that K-State-Nebraska game in 98. Watched part of the uh, Mizzou game that, that was the week after that. And man, I was probably sitting there with a huge smile on my face the entire time. What a time it was back then to be a K-State football fan. But as I said yesterday, I got to experience, um, I guess, what it would feel like to go to some of those fantasy camps and that sort of thing. I got to play golf, hang out with... And genuinely connect with the one guy from those teams that always makes me smile when when I think about him. I've got pictures from newspaper articles when K-State was ranked number one on my wall right here in this room where I'm recording this podcast. And he's front and center on a lot of those pictures. Makes me smile anytime I think about it. Obviously, other than that Texas A&M Big 12 championship game. But, Mike, I want to thank you for doing the podcast with Phil and I for your graciousness yesterday. You know, you never know when you meet somebody like that, that uh, brings back those good memories that, that, you know, sports figure um, that you always enjoyed watching and, and following. You never know how that person's going to react and act towards you. Are they what you expect? Are they the opposite of what you expect? Well, I can tell you firsthand that Michael Bishop is a better human being than he is a football player. And that's definitely very refreshing and definitely needed in the world we're living in today. This podcast that we recorded as we review Michael Bishop, and yes, I accidentally called him Michael Beasley on accident one time. I feel terrible about it. I apologize about it. Don't get mad at me when you listen to it and you hear me say that. We're good. We made up. Everything's fine. But uh, listen closely to the words he says. Yeah, we talk about sports in this podcast, and there may be a, a little tad bit of information that you may or may not have heard of before, um, but we also talk about Michael Bishop, the person, and not just the athlete. I hope you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it, and it was definitely a day in my life that I will never forget. Welcome to the Kevin and Phillip Project, a podcast with two guys who love to eat, travel, talk sports, and have no idea how to raise teenage girls. Coming to you live from Salina, Kansas. Here are your hosts, Kevin and Phillip. Well, here we are. This is going to be a fun interview for us here. Um, we've got, uh, well, probably my favorite guest we've had. I'm sorry, Dr. Harrington and everybody else who's been on here. But uh, we've got, uh, you might have heard from 
of him before, Michael Bishop from the Kansas State uh, football team. It's kind of weird. I'm sitting here interviewing a guy, and I'm looking at that newspaper article right there on the wall, and his picture is right there when they were ranked number one. So this is going to be a fun interview for me. So thank you, sir, for joining us. We just got off the golf course. Nobody got hurt. Nobody got hurt. Almost, but nobody got hurt. Yeah, we had a couple close calls. Almost. Does that mean Kevin shanked one towards someone? I you shanked know. one. Oh, you did. All right. <laughs> yes. We're not. We're not going to talk about what we what we did in that regard. Right. So, had uh, we went and got uh, some Nancys at uh, So Long Saloon, and and uh, then took a tour of the facilities at K State. Apparently, nice day then on a Friday afternoon. Yeah, when nothing's going on football wise, you can just walk in there, walk, walk around. Yep. Not one person asks us anything. So. Was anything going on on campus? Any no. other sporting no. events or anything? No, I don't think so. It was pretty dead. So, um, But, uh, yeah, so we're going to interview Mike here for a few minutes with us. I appreciate you joining us. Um, I'm gonna, you, If you're good with it, I'm just going to kick things off. Yeah, and just go we'll right just, ahead. Because uh, Phil's, a, as you know, if you uh, pay attention to us, Phil's an OU guy. So uh, well, let's talk about that. How, what was your record against OU? 2-0. Actually, I got to play against them uh, once. My, just once? My, my junior year, and uh, we beat them 28-7, uh, I believe. What, what, what happened in your senior year? Uh, you know how they switch up. Oh, every, yeah. Every yeah. You played, so the, we, you yeah, played the north side. That was yeah. Best, yeah. back when we actually well, had 12 good, teams good. in the Big Only 12. one loss. That makes me yeah. feel better. Hey, during that time, I wasn't watching football, Uh-oh. believe it or not. I was a Yankee fan during those years, 96, was that, 97. Was that when John Blake was coached there? Yes. yes. Stoops yeah. okay. came in 99. Yeah. Yeah. So you just missed out on Stoops. Well, I think the p- potentially Howard Schnellenberger might have been there one of those. I saw he just passed away here recently. Yeah. Yep, he, uh, re- trying to relive the Miami days down there in Norman. Did you play them in Norman or in, in Norman? Yes, in Norman. yes, sir. We were uh, in Norman. Um, a great game started out, started out going OU way, and then you know we hit the switch and took control of it. Y'all had a switch. Then, yeah, we had a switch. We had a switch. That was a fun switch. <laughs> yes. So the one thing I'm, I'm going to ask you, since we're talking about OU right now, and Phil and I have talked about this before, but I don't know if you've seen the videos. But is it a radio show that Lincoln Riley's on when they always try to stump him? Try to stump him on any play that's been called, any game that he's coached. He's got that he's coached that he called the play. You can say third quarter of this game. He's got a photographic memory and he can tell you the exact play that was called. And you can just pull a game randomly. Yeah, I don't know if your memory would be. Well, that's what I was going to ask. Do you think you could do that? I think uh, as as a quarterback, you remember so much. Yeah. if you're offensive coordinator, you remember so much. So I think every quarterback on any level um, has the ability to pop that answer right then and there. Yeah. And, and, and if they can't do it, then that shows you that they really wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm amazed by his memory yeah. sometimes because they'll go to a game, you know, a non-conference mm-hmm. game that might not have meant, meant nothing, anything, yes. and they'll say third yeah. quarter and what happened. Yeah. And third just, quarter, boom, 12 minutes right left, mm-hmm. third and 12. And he'll be able to tell you what you, play happened, how what what the result was. It's crazy. Well, you know the good the good coaches and the good players um, will always be able to do that. You know, it's just uh, it's the nature of the game. And yep. it, the the more you learn about the game, the more you pay attention to the game, attention to detail. You know, like I said, the quarterback and uh, an offense coordinator should always be able to repeat, recite, and tell you what's going on. Yeah. You know, I think that goes with all sports. I used to te- I tell you every now and then about my old coach could remember games from the 70s and say so-and-so hit a triple and we did it and I'd say how in the world does he remember that but it, that's part of being a great coach I think just remember those little details yep yep all right so here's my first question as a K-State fan night and, and we've talked about this a little bit today 1998 K-State beats Nebraska for the first time in 30 some years however long it had been 29 so 29 years. Yeah. So so after that win, what does 22 year old Michael Bishop do after that win? Well, for me, after that win, um, you know, we celebrated in the locker room, celebrated on the field. You know, seeing the, the greatest fans in, in college football rush the field, and that was a great uh, moment. And for me, that was a special moment for K State fans. Special moment, Coach Snyder. Special moment. Um, the guys who had. Never had a chance to beat Nebraska. It was a great moment for them as well. But for me, um, it was just another win. Uh, I, I lived in that moment, and I knew I had to get ready for the next week. And, yep. you know, going going against Missouri after that, you know, it, it was a tough week because you're on a high because you did something that everybody didn't expect you to do. Yep. Besides yep. the people that were in that stadium that day. Yep. And so, me, I, I, just, I took it in stride and enjoyed the win. You know, seeing Coach Snyder uh, – 
let tears uh, fall down his cheek because he was so excited that we finally got over that hump. And so for me, that, that was a great feeling. Uh, but when, once I got back to the apartment, you know, it was, okay, now, next play. Next Is that, that the only time you played Nebraska? Uh, no, 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 no. Because no, no, they were in no, the north, so we yeah. played them every year. Okay, well, so, okay. We, so I'm my, a south guy. Yeah, yeah my, so. my, first year, my first year, they beat us 56 21. So and you I, turn around the next year and turn around the next put it year on them. Yeah, had, had to get back. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, and, and we were talking about this today. What's funny, because I was at that game, and uh, it, it's a little nostalgic, but uh, K State. We knew we know this now. We did not know it at the time that at some point during that week they came in and put a new field goal post on the north end zone that the company guaranteed that it wouldn't come down because they knew if we won that we were going to rush the field. What was funny about that field was everybody ran and and they had people on the field, so they mm-hmm. pushed you to that north side. And and I remember. Jesus, why is this taking so long? There's people hanging all over this <laughs> right. thing. It was a well-built field goal. And they oiled it, too, so it was all greasy. Yeah. So at some point, everybody got frustrated and turned around and finally just plowed through that line and went to the south end zone <laughs> to tear that one down, got it down. We went back to the north side, and then finally that pole snapped on the on the crossbar. It snapped off the pole, and it finally came down. So after that was when they started putting in the ones where they can go out there and lower them so right, you right. can't you can't yeah. go tear it down but uh, it ended up in Aggieville. It did yep. like carried it all the way down. Yep, down. carried yeah, down to Aggieville. Yep, I remember seeing it and, last you know, chance. It, it, something worse happened in Oklahoma when we beat Nebraska in 2000. They tore the Coca post down. All the security guards went out and started macing people. Remember there oh, was wow. a big ruckus because mm. they got they went overboard, macing people and everything else, and they never got to tear the goalposts. It wasn't the goalposts' fault. It was the mace that drove everybody yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, on the flip side of that, now I'm going to talk about one of my not fond memories, but uh, same question. But after the, the Big 12 championship game in St. Louis, we talked about that a little bit this right. morning as well. So um, that was the one that, uh, man, we win that game. We're, we're going to the national championship mm-hmm. game, end up losing in overtime. So – what does twenty-two-year-old Michael Beasley do after a loss Beasley. like that? Or, I'm sorry, Bishop. Bishop sorry, uh, we were yeah. talking about We've that today Michael too. Bishop on with us. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. My bad. Yeah, we were talking about shorter. that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, uh, after that game, you know, of course, I think everybody in the locker room was was you know in shock uh, because you know we had worked so hard all year. Um, we knew that we had a chance if we win that game, we play for the national title. You know, 12, 12 and one, and, and and not get a shot for the national title was was a tough blow as well. Um, but immediately in that locker room, you know, players you know shed tears and 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 understood that you know we left it out on the field. And, and yep. as a player, once you leave it out on the field, um, you know it's that's it's tough. You it's do, tough. Yeah. You know, that's all you can do. But at the same time, you know, we we knew we had we had a great team. We we had a lot of great things happen for us that year, and. Uh, you know, for at the end like that, you know, twelve and one, you would think you would still get a different bowl game, but you know, we we were accepted for the Alamo Bowl, and but it was it was a heartbreaker. I mean, across the nation, you know, yeah, um, a lot of people didn't think that we would make it as far as we did. Yep. So we proved a lot of people wrong across the nation, across you know the NCAA, and uh, to be in that situation to have a chance to play for uh, a title um, was great. You know, of course you want to win it. You know, we came up. I, I said all the time we didn't. We didn't lose and ran out of time. Yep. So. Yep. Did you go in that game? You probably not the Lions, man. Go in as a heavy favorite in that game against Texas A&M. Uh, we were favored. I don't know yeah, if it I was heavy. heavy. If you read the if you read the old um, mm-hmm. headlines, it will say upset. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, A&M yeah. major upset. Should no, we would have been favored. I just don't no, know. If, yeah. I wouldn't maybe, say it was probably heavily, heavy. Right. Right. Well, A&M was really good back then. So, yep. Yep. And getting back there right. again. Mm-hmm. Another question I have for you, and this is probably one you've you've heard and, and answered many times before. Uh, before we get into some some off the wall questions, but uh, who was the best player, football player that you've played with on your team? Any any level, whether it's at Blend, K State, NFL, who would you say is the best football player you had on your team? Well, you know what's so crazy about it because even at Blend, you know, we had guys that was you know six five that could run a four four. Um, we had a great defense. Had a great defense at K State, but I, I would say both 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 years at Blinn and my years at K State, you know, you got to you got to get a hats off to the defense so, as a whole. You know, all eleven guys because without those guys, we don't become what we became. Yep. Um, we don't get the ball back on offense and and drive down the field. We don't, you know, 
So the defense, I got to give credit to the defense and the special teams. And, and uh, you know, I have some great guys on the offensive side as well. So I can't really just pick one player. Um, you know, I got to give everybody their, their credit. We were talking to that, man, that 98 mm. defense. When we, were, when we were rattling yep. off those names, mm. man, that was a good team. Yep. I'd like to have the lynch mob back at some point. A team like Absolutely. that, man, yeah. that was a good defense. Yeah. So. Bunch of all stars, yeah, all Americans, yep. and, and 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 better yet, you know, great people. Yep, you know? and that's that's the biggest thing about you know whatever team you play on. If you got great people and you believe in each other, the wins are going to come, the excitement is going to come. Uh, but at the end of the day, you you know you can be the best football player in the world, but you have to be a great person. Yep. Yep, and that was part I, I got to sit in as you talked to the the Kansas Wesleyan football mm-hmm. team yesterday, and that was a big part of that message. Um, hopefully, you know, a lot of those kids got to to take something out of that. It was right. it was a pretty good message in that. So, all right, so this was an interesting conversation we had today as well. That this one was completely out of left field for me. We were talking about what's your favorite football moment. Mm-hmm. You got to hear what this is. So. I actually have a couple, but I, I'll tell you one that um, even before before the the, the 1998 Nebraska game, uh, Coach Snyder calls me up to his office, and um, for people that don't know, he's attention to detail, one of the greatest guys in in, in football history that attention to detail, and so he he calls me up and he says, "I need you to run it 25 and pass it 33 times and do it well. If you can do that, we can come out on top." So you know, as, as a young player, you're like, okay, yeah, coach, uh, you know, whatever, whatever you need me to do, let's let's go, let's go to work, let's go to war. Well, after you know the greatest fans in America storm the field and you know all the emotion is, is is dying down, I get called back up to his office, and sure enough, he has a stat sheet: 25 carries, 140 yards, 33 pass attempts, 340 some yards. And at that moment, I was like, you gotta be kidding me. This but is the Nebraska game. This is the Nebraska game, yeah. yes. But you don't you don't think about it. But at the after effect, then I, you know you have to say to yourself like, man, this 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 guy is, is really uh, on top of his game. Uh, he, he, he knows he, what he's doing. No, he, knows what he, <laughs> he had a dream yeah. the night before. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty five yeah. and thirty three. Yeah. Yeah. We're winning this yeah. booger. Yep. Yep. And it works. Yeah. So it works so. Yep. Done that attention yeah. to detail. You're coaching in high school football now, right? Yes, yes, sir. Yes, so sir. you you try to mimic that same I, I, I try, attention I try to, to detail. mimic that because I I see the success that it brought and um the kids that I'm working with, you know, they weren't used to that. Yeah. So now, you know, they see that I'm paying, you know, attention to detail and now it's a whole different ball game. Yeah. You know, we have great we have great kids with great talent, but they was missing that part. So now that, you know, the, the two months, two and a half months that I've been there, the whole atmosphere has changed. You Tell know, us so where you're at. I am at Legacy uh, School of Sports Sciences. It's in uh, Spring, Texas. and um, Just north of uh, just north, north, just of, north of downtown. Yes, yeah. north, north of downtown. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's something new. Um, the way we do things around there is special. Um, the, is this a the, private school? It's a charter school. Charter, charter school. school. Okay. So the faculty is great. All the faculty is former athletes. We have we have people from you know Texas A and M, uh, University of Houston, uh, Texas Southern University. So a lot of a lot of people are in state former athletes, and so we understand and we look at it totally different. So for a young athlete, student athlete, you have an opportunity to be around somebody that has played at high level, understand what it takes, knows that there's going to be you know bumps and bruises. But found a way to get it done. Found a way to walk away with a degree. Found a way to play past your college career. Yeah. You know, and a lot of us has played at you know at a pro level, and that's what's so special. And for you know, I tell all all the kids all the time that you know we have different guys come in and different uh, females come in and you know want to join the school and want to be a part of the program because they see that you know you have a great chance to be around people that have been there. Yeah. And I think it, it says a lot for, for a young a young guy to come in and say, hey, um, you know, my coach was up for the Heisman. My coach was, you know, David Brown award winner. My coach is 46-3, so I want to learn from him, and I want to be just like him, not, if not, okay. be better. Yep. I'm going to interrupt you for a second. Mm-hmm. You're a Texas high school coach now. Yes. How many, you know, there's thousands of Texas mm-hmm. high school coaches. Mm-hmm. Over the last few years, I've read things about the uh, – High school coaches in Texas maybe losing a little bit of touch with the University mm-hmm. of Texas. You want to keep kids at home in Texas. Now you left home mm-hmm. 
came to Kansas. A lot of kids leave home, go to Oklahoma, leaving right. and going to the southeast. Right. Is that something that's you're going to stress? Keep so, kids at home. I mean, no. So what I what I what I tell kids is go good. go that's good go. News for us. Yes, yeah. I tell I tell kids go where you want it. Yeah, go where you can play. Yeah, you don't want to be a guy that says I want to go to Alabama and you go sit behind a five star athlete right. and you sit for three years and you get frustrated and you decide you don't want to do do it anymore. Have you go, have you heard those stories though? I've heard those stories. And we've yes. lost yes. you, you yes. lost kids. Yes, you lost you look you, you lose you lose a lot of kids. And, yeah. and but my main thing is I tell the kids, hey, you know what, at the end of the day, you go where you can go, you go where you can play, you go where you're gonna be happy, and you go where you can become a young student athlete. If 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 you can find that school, whether it's division one, division two, NAIA, um, wherever it may be you want to go where you're going to put yourself in the best situation to be successful on and off the field. Yep. And a lot of kids, you know, they set themselves up because they, they standards are high, which I understand that. But when they don't reach that standard, you know, they get frustrated. Is this your first head coaching job? This is my first head coaching job. Enjoying yeah. it so far? I'm definitely enjoying yeah, it because the, the biggest thing is, is is I get to service the kids. I get to, you know, see the kids grow. I get yep. to see the kids not understand some, but then – understand it, and then go to work. And so it, it's, it's a great transformation to see a kid that that has confidence but walks with confidence. You're, yeah. you're the head coach. Are you also the offensive coordinator? Uh, I have a guy who's, who's <laughs> the offensive coordinator, but, you know, I'm, I'm still – I still I still see the game. I still think about different plays, different schemes. So um, my input, um, I'm going to share my input, but yeah. I'm going to let the coaches coach. Because you said you, you're surrounded by a lot of yes. good guys. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm. That's great. Yep. So the other the other moment that he, we talked about uh, when we were talking about his favorite moments in football was junior year in high school. Yes. Winning the oh, game. Yes, yes. <laughs> so a lot of people don't know, but uh, – yeah. I didn't. I'd uh, never heard yeah. this one before. So, so – at my high school, I was quarterback, I was a safety, I was the punter, I did kickoff, and I was a field goal kicker. So uh, we we end up we end up um, the game was coming down to the end and we were tied 14-14. I hit a 37 yarder from the right hash, right down the middle. We win 17-14. And that's one of your favorites. Yeah, that's one of my favorites because a lot of people don't know that, yeah. that that I could kick as well. And plus, when I was at uh, K State, I was a backup punter. All so, right, I, I hear you, great athlete, had all that going. So in '97, mm-hmm. the Cleveland Indians yep. were in the uh, World Series. Yes, but you got drafted by the Cleveland Indians yes. out of high school. So what yes, position sir. did you play in baseball? Third base. Ever regret not going ahead with the future in baseball? Now you know that I'm older. Uh, I think about it, and I you know I reminisce and, and and say that if I could go back, I would have held on to baseball a lot longer a than what longer. I did because I was a great baseball player. I my my dream was to to be a, in the MLB. Did you my, you Kyler Murray? You could have. Yes, <laughs> I think I, I think would have been. I would I would have been held a lot. For some more I, money. I, I honestly <laughs> think I was a better baseball player. You did? Than he was. Was you a better hitter? Yes. Yes. Good hitter. Yes. And uh, you know, but a lot of kids that you know, two three, uh, sport athlete. Yeah. You know, at some point you got to make a decision. Uh, but for me, I think I could have did both at a high level, and. Um, you know, I don't have any regrets. But if I can go back and redo it, um, I would have held on. Extended your baseball. Career I would extend it, yes, sir. You yes, know, sir. and the, the young kids now, and I know mm-hmm. whenever they start talking about concussions and football mm-hmm. and things like that, and the two sport athletes, they'll say uh, push their kids towards baseball more. Right. And the yep. money in baseball is it's so better. unbelievable. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is. Yeah, so you know, it, nowadays it's a, it's a smart move. Yeah. Um, but then again, you have kids that, especially in Texas, yeah, you, you know, you wake up thinking about football. Yeah. You know, and you go to sleep thinking about football, and you dream about football, but you're a great baseball player. Just think, you could have yeah. signed with Cleveland and been on that World Series. Could have been on there. Could have <laughs> been on there. Actually, I, actually, um, um, one of my high school rivals uh, um, actually played against Adam Dunn, which played oh, yeah. played, played, yep. played for the Indians, a great baseball player. Yeah. Uh, played against him four years. So battle. Well, then you married. You probably played against several oh, yeah. good yeah, players. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely, yes, sir. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, so you are one of the few people in the world that can say Tom Brady was your backup. Right. Mm-hmm. You got any good Tom Brady stories? I mean, Super Bowl champion, how many times? Just won it again. You got any good Tom Brady stories for us? You know, um, when I first met uh, Tom, you know, he came in a skinny, tall kid from Michigan. Um, didn't really have a great college career, but did enough to get yep. you know into the NFL. Yep. 
And uh, when, I, when you first meet him, you know, like I said, he's a skinny kid, and, and you didn't, you know, a lot of people didn't really give him credit. But I was able to hang out with him. You know, we hung out off the field. Uh, used to go to the same same bar together. You know, we he, I remember he had a yellow Jeep, so we'd jump in that yellow Jeep, and we'd go downtown Boston and hang out. But between me and him, you know, we had many, many conversations, and we made a promise to each other. At that time, Drew Blesser was a starter, yep. and uh, we made a promise that, hey, if you ever get an opportunity, don't give it back. Yep. If you ever get an opportunity, don't give it back. And so when, when Drew took that hit against the Jets, and uh, when when I seen him trot onto the field, the only thing I kept thinking about, I, I wasn't thinking about the score, I wasn't thinking about, you know, what they was going to call with him, but, you know, if you get that opportunity, don't give it back. You hate to see people lose their job due to an injury. Right. Um, but in his case, he was ready for it. Yeah. And he stepped in and, and never looked back. And so, you know, a lot of people look over that shoulder because, okay, you in because the guy got banged up. Uh, how do you play? Are you nervous or do you just go out and say, you know, it's my job? Right. He went out and said, it's my job. And, you know, the rest is history. Yep, he didn't yeah. give it back. Didn't give it back. <laughs> so was he the, was he the? I don't know if machine is the right word, but mm-hmm. obviously he's very well known for his work ethic yeah. and his diet. Mm-hmm. And well, no, he wasn't, he so. wasn't, back then he wasn't a machine. Okay. No, he, yeah. he was not a machine. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't sugarcoat that. He was, you know, he was, made, he probably weighed about 181, somewhere like that, if that. You know, skinny guy, no muscle mass, any of that. Um, but what he did was paid attention. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he, he hung around and, and, you know, if you're not involved in it, you got to absorb everything. And yeah. I think he was a sponge from, from the time he walked in until, you know, now he's still a sponge. So, you know, you got so many great quarterbacks that, that, that have more talent than what he has, but the determination and the work ethic is different. Yeah. And if you can take a great athlete and take a mold of him and put it in a great athlete – then you'll be out of this universe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you'll be, you know, people talk about being unstoppable. People talk about being in that moment where you know that you can't beat me. Yeah. And uh, I think if, if, if you mold the perfect player uh, as far as, you know, physique and all that and then put his mentality in him, then you're going to have something that's, that's never been done before. Yep. Michael so, Jordan. Michael Jordan. <laughs> yep. I mean, he's, you yeah. know, I, for a long time, I I probably didn't give Tom Brady enough mm-hmm. credit, and I thought from NFL quarterback from my generation, in my opinion, Peyton Manning was mm-hmm. probably one of the best that I've watched. But man, you go back and you think about it and you watch Tom Brady. I really, I, don't, I really paid attention this year, mm-hmm. um, and I mean that dude. Every play, he knows exactly where every one of those guys mm-hmm. on the defense is going to be. Right. He knows exactly mm-hmm. where every one of his players is, where he can bail out and throw mm-hmm. that ball and get some positive yards. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he's he's pretty good at getting rid of that ball quick because he hasn't taken the hits, and I think that's well, part of the reason why he's still there. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it, it, it all comes back to being a student of the game. You know. Yep. You know, people always say, "Well, you know, I watch film, but do you really watch film? You know, what are you watching when you watch film? Are you are you just watching? You know, do you have a purpose for watching it? And I think his purpose and what he takes away from watching film. There's a lot of younger guys, even now with with the Buccaneers. There's guys who been in the league for a while and never watched film. Like they watch it now, right? So it's a difference now, and I think, uh, you know, who knows how much longer he's going to play. But the guys that are around him right now, they have to up their level of play because your leader is there to lead, and right. you don't want to be left behind. Yep, so. yep, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So speaking of that too, um, so I, I got another kind of off the wall question a little bit, but compare. Bill Belichick, and I know it was early mm-hmm. on in his career when, when he was at uh, New England there when you were playing, but compare him and contrast him to Bill Snyder as far as coaches yeah. go. Are they are they similar, completely opposite? I say the big the biggest thing between them is that you can talk to Coach Snyder. Yeah. I think, you know, with Coach uh Coach uh uh Belichick it was it was more of a he had that look where as a young player, it could be intimidating. Yeah. You don't know how to approach him. You don't know how to say, hey, coach, I got something I need to talk to you about. Um, with Coach Snyder, you can you can go in and talk, you know, and you don't feel like I'm going to say the wrong thing and I'm going to be out of here. You know, I think that was the biggest difference. And I think Coach Snyder is more of a um, player's coach, if that makes sense. Um, and you have to be – I think you have to be a player's coach because, number one, those, those guys out there playing – they're keeping your job, yep. you know, and, and, and they're doing things that 
they're stressing their body out to to be perfect. And I think the more that you respect the coach, the better relationship, um, better team. Yeah, like I said, with Coach Belichick, the years I was there, he was more of a defensive guy. Right. You know, that's his background. So he, he did a lot of communication with the defense, uh, not as much with the offense, but um, you knew he was a head coach. You knew that that was that was the guy that you had to impress. Yeah. I mean, was his, you know, obviously, as, as we've talked about Snyder's, you know, the attention to detail and, and the hours that he puts in and the hours that he expects his coaches to put in and, and all that kind of stuff. Obviously, it's a it's a different ball game in the NFL. But was is Belichick like that as far as obsessive? They're, 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 no, they're, def- they're definitely on the same level when it comes to because that's what being, I always being thought, obsessed yeah. with football. Yes, yeah. yeah, I would say they both are uh, obsessed with football, but they both win. Yep. And so, you know, I think every coach has or can take something from their page and add it to their page because they both have a great tradition. Yep. They both get the best out of the players, um, and they both have uh, a huge amount of respect around the league. Right. You know, so even, you know, even though now, you know, Coach Snyder's not coaching, but you can ask any coach that that's in the NCAA uh, about Coach Snyder, they can tell oh, K State guy. Yeah. So they know it. You know, yep. just like anybody across the league, you say, you know, who's the coach for New England? They're going to say Coach Belichick. You know, so right. I think they both get a lot of respect uh, on and off the field. Yep. Which is great. No, yeah, that's true. I mean, every, you know, for a long time, nobody would – you wouldn't even be able to know who's coaching or playing mm-hmm. at, at K-State. Obviously, you know, mid-'90s when the, when the program started to roll, that was different. But, yeah, everybody – I mean, Bill – K-State and Bill Snyder, I mean, that's what how, how they – people yeah, outside of the state of Kansas yeah. associate yeah. K-State as Bill Snyder. Mm-hmm. It's like KU is basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's crazy, so. He's probably still there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I know I shift gears here a little bit. Me and Kevin talk a lot about travel on this podcast when we're on here normally. And uh, into your pro career, you got to do a lot of neat places. When you was in right. the Canadian Football League, mm-hmm. uh, Calgary and Toronto mm-hmm. both. Right. And then you played NFL Europe in Frankfurt, Frankfurt Germany. Germany. Yes. Okay, tell me, and I was born just outside of Frankfurt in Wiesbaden. Okay, okay. Yeah. So, But tell me, in the, all those places that you got to travel, mm-hmm. which ones did you, what cities did you like the best there of those you know what? When I was in NFL Europe and we played in Frankfurt, Germany, it was one of the coolest things I ever seen. You know, they would open their stadium up. You know, we would have a if it was a night game, if it started at seven, the stadium was open at ten in the morning. Really? And and you can <laughs> and people start showing up. People start showing up. And it was a, the craziest thing I've ever seen because by the time we took the team bus from the hotel and got to the stadium, the parking lot is jam packed. Everybody's drunk. Yeah. But they're cheering. They're cheering, and, and, and I used to, I remember uh, during the course of the game, oh, you, you can hear whistles, whistles, whistles. So you didn't know if it was the official blowing <laughs> or the fans blowing. But, but they, 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 they had a great time, and that was, um, you know, as a player, you know, especially playing a home game, they cheered whether you're winning or losing. And, you know, there's a lot of alcohol involved, but, but, but you knew they were there. Where, where uh, else did you travel in the NFL? Is there six teams at the time or more than that? Uh, there were eight teams at the time. So we, uh, Frankfurt, Germany, Berlin, uh, uh, what is it, Barcelona? Yep. Um, uh, I can't think of the other ones. But there, there, I think there was eight, eight, eight to ten teams. These fl- plane yeah. trips everywhere too? Plane trips plane everywhere, trips yes, everywhere. Yeah, yep. Plane trips everywhere. So. Uh, I think you the best, a lot of fun in Europe? I had a lot of fun. Best times were in Barcelona. Best times. Yep. So, you know, you got to you got to – Feel the heat. You got to be around the beach. You got to, you know, meet some great people there. Learn, learn, learn about their culture and all that. So, yeah. uh, it was great times. I, I, I used to know a little bit of German. Um, yes, yes, <laughs> nine. I, yeah, I used to know a little bit, but, but um, I actually have a friend that I met that was the uh, equipment guy, and that was 2002. Me and him still communicate with each other. Good. Yeah. That'd be so, the fun thing about the travel. I mean, I know yeah, you'd yeah. like to probably stuck mm-hmm. around the NFL for 15 yeah. years, but you got mm-hmm. a neat career. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I got to travel. Yeah. You know, yeah. and, and being in the CFL, I tell young players all the time: if, if you if if you don't make it in the NFL, that's not don't have, doesn't have to be the end of your career. You can always go to Canada and play ball and have fun. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of people get frustrated because they don't get that opportunity. But you know, football is not forever. But if you have opportunity, go do it. You know, you don't want to say it. Uh, you want a know. cup? Yes. Yep. yep. You want a cup? Won yeah. a great cup, uh, which is the equivalent to the Super Bowl here. Uh, yeah. uh, it was it was a big time, a great feeling at the, at the same time. And uh, you know, was you the starting quarterback on that team? Uh, so the year we won it, I was I started 
uh, the first 12 games, I was 12 and one as a starter. Broke my wrist. Had a good year so, then. Had a good, had a good year. Yep, had a good year, and uh, was able to bounce back and, and, and keep it going. And um, you know, once you, I think every every player has visions of winning a great cup. They're playing the CFL or winning yeah. the Super Bowl. And I think once you get there and you win it, you you always want to win it again. So we we were able to make it back there and, and couldn't pull it off. So it's it's hard to repeat. You know, it's definitely hard to repeat. But um, had some great times there and and, and a lot of, lot of great memories. Uh, played a lot of great football and and. I got to live in that moment. Any tax shelters of those places that you had <laughs> a little money or anything? I know, I know. That, that, that's, that's, there's a lot of people that We'd like to send some it. of our yeah. money that yeah. way. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I heard the best place is the Cayman Islands. Yep. Yeah. 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 But they don't have a football yeah. team down there. They don't there. have a football team, but, but, but if you want to hire some money, that's the place to go. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so, well, the other thing that, that we were uh, uh, talking a little bit about today that was kind of a funny story that I hadn't heard before is that uh, – you know, when, when, when you were being recruited to K-State, the Coach Snyder told you that you were going to get to play baseball. Yes. Well, you know, when you get recruited. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us funny. about your baseball yeah. career at K-State. This is you know, funny. You know, when you, when you get recruited, <laughs> the first thing that, that a coach does, and, 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 and it's across the board, you have to be able to look the kid in the eye and, and, and say, hey, yeah, we're going to do this. Yeah. You know, if you want to do this, we're going to do that. And I think every coach um, at some point has done that. Um, I felt like I was a great baseball player, so my aspiration was. I actually was on the baseball team at, at my junior college, so you know, one of the things that I was wanting to do was come to K State, play football and baseball. So I got to spend two weeks <laughs> and right back to football. So, so the thing was, okay, you you went there, so what happened? You, you told me to come back. You know, I, I'm I'm here on the football scholarship, but I want to play baseball. But okay, I get it. I understand. We just won a Fiesta Bowl. Now the challenge is. Let's win a national title. Yep. So I, I I understood it, but I definitely would would love to. Be did you have a good team. junior college career in I baseball? Did. I did. I did. I absolutely did in high school as well. So I made all state in football and high and and uh, baseball in, in high school yep. in, in the state of Texas, which is you know pretty good. Pretty good. You know, <laughs> there's, there's there's kids there's kids every day. You walk out of the bed out of the bed playing baseball. Walk out of bed playing football. Yeah. There's some great athletes there. So to to be a part of the all state team uh, says a lot. And you know, there's, you know, that's too many kids, really, you know, in the state of Texas that, that are good, that are great. Well, I think uh, one of the things I told him we'd, we'd talk a little bit about today was kind of get away from Michael Bishop, the football player, and, and get to Michael Bishop person because, uh, you know, we, we hear the interviews all the time. Some of the questions we've asked you here, you've answered thousands of times in your life. But uh, let, let's get to the real pressing things. So when Michael Bishop gets in his car – or a truck, mm -hmm. as, as we talked yeah. about earlier, and, and takes well, off through, Texas, so through, the, through yeah. the Houston suburbs. Mm -hmm. What radio station do you put uh, – what, what, what radio station do you tune it to or what do you listen to in there? So if, if I'm not – you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a real, real heavy rap guy, so um, I listen to a lot of R&B. But, but lately I've, I've been listening to um, a lot of motivational things because um, every day that – I have on this earth. I want to make. I want to be a difference maker. So, I want to. If, if anybody approached me, I want them to walk away and say that, you know, that guy is more than a football player. That guy is a great human being. So, um, I'm always listening to things that make me better, because I don't know who I'm going to run into that day. But whoever I run into, I want them to say, I like him. Yeah. You know, I, I, there, there's something about him. And then, you know, they, they can find out later that I, that I played football. But the most important thing for me is that what did I do to make you better? Or, you know, because I, I don't know what the next person is going through. I don't know what's what's on their mind. And if I'm the last person that they speak with, I want it to be great. And that's 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 my main thing right there because when I when I turn and, you know, I shake your hand and we have a conversation and, and I walk off, I'm going to say, did I, did I say the right thing? Was I in the right place at the right time? Was it meant to be for me to meet this guy? Mm -hmm. What did I do to make him better? And, and, and I can answer all those questions when, I, when I'm walking off and, and, and feel good about it. And then you get the reward later on because, you know, maybe five, six years later on down the line, just like when I, when I go to bowl games and I, and I meet people, I stop and talk to everybody. I sign autographs. You know, it doesn't matter what, what it is because I know that those people have my back. Yep. Those people cheered for me when they didn't have to. And when I walk off and 
five years later, hey, you remember? And I was like, yes, sir. And I, and, I, and 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 nine times out of ten, once we start talking, it it, it comes right back. And then I tell them about, it. yeah, I remember we was at, at at the restaurant and I was walking out and you flagged me down. And then it was like, you know, well, thank you for taking time. And I was like, no, 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 I thank you because you took you time remembered out. me. Yeah, right? you, you took time yeah. out. You know, it's nice to be remembered. Yeah. Yes, it? yes, it is yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. You married? Yes. Mm-hmm. Kids? Yeah, uh, two kids. Twenty-one year old and twelve year old. Twenty-one and twelve. Yep, twenty-one and twelve. Man, I've got into trouble right now. Mm-hmm. I got. 17, 16, 15, 12. Yeah. That's part of our podcast, too, yeah. is trying yeah. to figure out how to, raise, to, kids. How to raise these kids. Because we don't know. Yeah. Well, I, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you got to love them. You got to take the good with the bad. Um, always try to set a great example for them. Kids are going to be kids. They're going to make mistakes. Yep. You know, and then when you think about it, you know, we made mistakes growing up as well. So um, I don't I don't yell at my kids. I don't, you know, I don't. You know, beat them up when they make a mistake. I say, hey, what you learn from this? I need to okay. yell more. I never do yell either. <laughs> yeah. I always say, baby, sugar. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that's that's being a dad, though. That's being yeah. a dad. So, you know, you, you you know, sometimes. Boys or girls for you? Girls. Two girls? Two girls. So so I really have to pay attention to how I handle situations. And, yep. and, and at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to love you whether you're wrong or right. And if you're wrong, we're going to figure it out. But if you're right. Then we still gonna figure it out. <laughs> he had know, one so. that just graduated from KU. Yep. Oh, is that right? Yep, absolutely. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, so you know, you had some some a health, little health scare here right. what, a year or two ago, mm-hmm. probably. Um, so what, tell us what what you took from that, and and I guess what you did to, I don't know, what's change your life, mm-hmm. you know, moving forward from that from that incident. So I had a, a stroke January third, twenty. Uh, 21 and uh, it's just out of the blue didn't expect it didn't, you know I feel like I'm in great health and uh, ended up having a real bad headache which led to me feeling you know like I was going to pass out and so I attempted to make it home but ended up going to my sister's house which was closer to me than going to my house and uh, I remember you know my whole left side went numb um, my left side was feeling like it was on fire and uh, I have a little great nephew which was in the window, so seen me outside and told my sister I was outside. And so by the time they got there, I was out of it. So, you know, I get, you know, taken to the hospital and, and uh, for six hours I couldn't move my whole left side. Didn't know what was going on and, you know, just saying, God, I know this. You didn't bring me this for to do this to me. So, you know, I'm sitting there and I'm and I'm thinking all this and I hear the doctors talking. I hear my family and I talking. So the doctor comes in, they, they did a CAT scan on me and came back and said, you just had a stroke. And I was like, a stroke? Okay, what do I do now? And at that time, I was ready to jump off the bed because I'm like, okay, I'm not gonna keep laying here. I don't want to lay here and, and, and get comfortable. Mm-hmm. I gotta get back. I gotta get back moving. I spent uh, 17 days in the hospital, and uh, you know, every, every four hours they was coming in, taking my blood, uh, checking my blood level, and you know, the nurses come in and and they tell me, sir, you you know, you too young to have a stroke and this that, and, and I, I'm like, well, you know, I don't know what happened, but but I do know one thing that I'm still here. You were physically so, in good shape. It's, yes, this is yeah, I was, I was in, I, yeah, I was in great. I was in great shape. So a you know, year, just, a little over a year yeah, ago. Yeah, year. I was in great shape. So, wasn't like you got big and fat no. like me. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was in great shape. You know, and, uh. and, and but the 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 best thing that came out of that, you know, I remember laying in the hospital bed and uh, I kept asking myself, like, okay, so there's something behind this. What is it? What am I doing that I need to do better? And uh, you know, I don't know. You know, for people that's, that's you know, spent more than two, three nights in the hospital, but um, at night it gets lonely in there and you have a lot of me time and you got a lot of time to reflect and you got a lot of time to think about, you know, different things. So the time that I was in there, I kept saying to myself that, you know, I, when, when, when I get out of here, what am I going to do different? Um, what am I going to do with my thinking? Um, you know, what, 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 what can I do to be a better person? And so I remember the physical therapy guy came in and, and uh, they had me doing all this physical Therapy and I kept telling him, I say, no, nah, just, just, we don't have to do this. I said, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be better when I get out of here, and uh, you know, I just kept telling myself that, I kept telling myself that every, every chance I had, and uh, you know, I, the, the craziest thing about it is one of the nurses that came in, and I kept hearing this cold blue, cold blue, cold blue, and I was like, man, I keep hearing this cold blue. When am I gonna get a cold blue? And when she told me, she said, you don't want a cold blue. Cold blue is people that are not making it out of here. I was the youngest one on, on, on the floor. You know, that was, you know, 70-year-old, 80-year-old people that had strokes that 
wasn't pulling through. Yep. And so I can literally, I, I asked them to keep my door open because you know, I didn't want their door closed. So I wanted to see people walking by because I knew I had to walk up out of there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I see, I see, you know, you know, the people coming in rolling the bodies out. And it, it changed my whole thinking. I'm like, okay, so this, he was next door to me and now he's, you know, he's, he's going out of here and, you know, you know, the, the thing about it, he's going home to be with the Lord. But I was like, okay, I got so much more I got to do. I got so much more I got to do. And then, you know, of course, you know, my kids was coming to see me. And they, you know, they never seen me down like that. So, you know, the worry on their face, my sister and brother's coming in, and I knew they was worried about me. But, you know, I kept telling myself, you know, I'm, I'm going to get out of here. You know, I'm going to be okay. And I think that was one of the, one, one of the strongest moments where, you know, you, you, you're down. What do you do to get back up? Did you just have a blood clot? I ended up having a blood clot behind my left ear. Didn't know anything about it, you know. And and once I started learning about strokes, I had every sign that they told me. You you might have should have got checked out a little sooner. But but, but it happened so fast. All that happened that it was was on a a Friday afternoon. All that happened within a two-hour span. And Mm. when I was reading up on it, I was like, okay, so I felt my left side. I felt the numbness. I felt, you know, there there was five sides of a stroke, and I felt all five of them. Huh. While I was driving. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank goodness you made it to yep. your yep. sister's. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, a little lighter than that. Saturday morning, Michael Bishop's at home. Got nothing going on mm-hmm. today. What do you What do you do? He's not a coffee drinker. We talked not about that this drinker. morning. So now nowadays I get up on Saturday morning and I, I attempt to walk five miles. Uh, sometimes it's four and a half, but I try to get five miles. And while I'm walking. Um, it's basically a prayer walk, you know, just thinking about, you know, some of the people that's that's going on, mm-hmm. uh, some of the people that's still here. You know, like I said, how, what can I do to make them better? What can I do to make myself better? What can I do today to make a difference? And uh, those are some of the things that go through my mind uh, while I'm walking. And uh, once I'm finished with the walk, you know, I, I sit back and I and I, I thank God for, you know, pulling me through all the things I've been through. I thank God for my career. I thank God for the people I've met along my career, uh, friends, friendships that last forever. Um, those are the things I do on Saturday morning. Cool. All right. Last meal. What would it be? Last meal? Um, Hopefully not hospital food. <laughs> no, 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 no. Hey, hospital food sometimes is, is not good. Um, so my last meal, um, me being from, from the South, I love red beans and rice. And I think if, if that was my last if I had one last meal, I, w- I would ask for that. I need to get some good red beans and rice. Yeah. Popeye's chicken, isn't it? No, it's not the same. It's not the same. So. Do you know we talked about those chicken sandwiches? And we, mm-hmm. we have a chicken sandwich debate mm-hmm. going on here. I'm a big Popeye's chicken sandwich mm-hmm. guy. He's a uh, Chick-fil-A guy. Mm-hmm. But to, out of fairness, I went over and tried the McDonald's mm-hmm. yesterday. The worst. Yeah, it's right. not even close. Anybody that says <laughs> McDonald's the, is as I good as, the is stuff wrong. Stuff went all over my clothes, yeah. the yeah. sauce and everything. So I said, "Well, I'm out on McDonald's, and I've got to bring this up on the next podcast." Yeah, no, not, not spicy chicken at McDonald's. No, I'm sticking with Popeyes. Yeah, I'm, I'm more of a Chick Fil A guy. Um, you are that a boy. I, I, I seen I seen the the the, the uproar and the, the fights that across the state of Texas for the uh, Popeyes yeah. chicken sandwich. Yeah, I tried it one time, and I can see why they say it was so good. But but my go-to is going to be Chick-fil-A. Everybody's go-to is yeah. Chick-fil-A. Yeah. I, I, I'm torn because I, I really, and, and people that have listened to this podcast already know this. I'm guessing we may get some new listeners on yeah. this one. But uh, I like the Popeye's chicken sandwich, but the Popeye's sides suck. Like mm. those waffle fries at, at Popeye or at uh, Chick-fil-A, it just and you can get one man one of those good shakes at, at, at Chick Fil A. So, yeah. oh man, yeah. that Chick Fil A sauce I'd drink out of a cup. So, yeah. Yeah. so just the chicken sandwiches—they're both pretty good. I'd mm. I'd compare them, but overall, I, I'm a I'm a Chick Fil A guy. Yeah. So, mm. all right. Well, that Philip. Any any other questions? We've gone a little bit over, but we've gone a little. Nope. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You so nice you guys to for meet you. Me. Yes, appreciate yes, appreciate the mm. the golf today. Had a good mm. time. Um, like I said, nobody Who won? got hurt. Let's so. talk about your golf. Steve thing, won. He was doing well. Steve crushed us. Yeah, is that right? That guy can hit yeah. the ball a mile. So Who's Steve, Who? yeah, you met Steve Wilson, the athletic director at Wesleyan. He okay, was with yeah. us. So yes. yeah, he was He's on our really podcast. We had him on the podcast yeah. right after yeah. COVID to, to talk yeah. about sports and and what 
you know, colleges were doing mm-hmm. from a sports standpoint with COVID and dealing right. with all that. So, yeah, uh, it wasn't close. I want to ask one last thing about charters, charter schools in Texas. Now, mm-hmm. we don't have charter schools yeah. in Kansas nor Oklahoma, where I'm from, the charter schools. Are you, are you getting kids in, just transferring into your school? How does this <laughs> thing work? Yes, we get kids. You know, if, if, if you're not happy in the situation you're in, then you can transfer to our school and, and, and have a new start. In the Houston uh, area, is there Houston a lot of charter area, yes. schools? Yes, there are. Yep. Houston, Dallas, uh, San Antonio. Um, but the, the way we are is different because um, we can take transfers at any point. Yeah. You know, and they're, and they're eligible to play. They're eligible to play. But what yeah. we do different from other places is you have to have an 80. You have to maintain an 80 to participate in sports. Across the state, it's a 70. But we hold the kids to a higher standard. So if you can make that 80, your GPA is going to be good. Right. You're going to be more college ready. Now, um, do you do you teach a class or just football coach right now? Uh, so I, I, I do PE as well. Yeah. And uh, for the middle for middle school, um, but other than that, it's just uh, it's football. football. But really, when yeah. I'm not doing anything, I'm always I'm always in the, popping in out of the classroom, making sure the kids are doing what they're right. supposed to do. Yep. Yep. Very big school. Yes. Yeah. Large school. Yeah. Good. Well, good luck to you. I hope yep. you do well in that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Well, sir, appreciate you coming. Yes, sir. Good to play Anytime, golf. Had a good know. time today. Yes, Never thought I would be uh, drinking Nancy's at mm-hmm. So Long Saloon with with Michael Bishop. Mm-hmm. So it was a uh, was a good it's day been for me. A great me. day for Kevin. Yep. It has been. It'd be like me sitting here with Jamel Holloway. (laughs) (laughs) Which which also was a great player as well. Yep. Yep. Don't get him started on OU. We're going to be here for another hour and a half. So I appreciate it. Thank you, sir. And uh, I'll send you the link to to this podcast once we get it uploaded. But uh, anytime, man. We'll have you back on sometime. Yes, sir. Absolutely. I definitely appreciate the opportunity and uh, looking forward to checking it out and and following you guys. And, um, you know, Call me, text me, let me know anytime. I'd love to jump back on. And what do y'all say at the end of the podcast? What's that thing that y'all guys say at K-State? E-mall? <laughs> E-mall. 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 All right. Every, every man a wildcat. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got, well, we're back to that now. We don't have to say every person a wildcat anymore. We got it back. So, All right. Thank you, sir. Thank you for listening to the Kevin and Phillip Project Podcast. If you would like more information about our podcast, guests, and to join in on the discussion, please visit our Facebook page, www.facebook.com slash Kevin Phillip Project. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to our podcast and tell your friends about us.